listening to the Salt Churches podcast. Here you can listen to messages, inspiration, and lessons learned about planting micro churches all across the nation. Thank you for tuning in. To find more information, you can visit us at www.saltchurches.com. This podcast is brought to you today by Salt Church's founder, Parker Green. So I'm really excited to talk about this because you have an enormous part to play. And when Jess and I were dreaming about Salt Churches, we were thinking we really, really, really want a church where Jesse and I do all the work. <laughs> like I have enough stuff to do. Right? I can figure out stuff to do. I can make up work. But in order to see like a real revival in Southern California, all over North America, you guys got to do the work. Yeah. What does Jesus say about that? Jesus says, lift up your eyes, right? The harvest is here. Yeah. He says, ask the Father for workers. Yeah. So what I'm going to teach you guys tonight is some like first steps in like being workers in the harvest. Because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, look, I know people need Jesus, but uh, what do I do with that? Let me give you a like, big picture really quick. So moving from New York to here, I was like, oh, Orange County's like the West Coast Bible Belt, like everybody's, everybody's Christian, like everybody like, but kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm Christian, this is like my fourth divorce. And life is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Orange County's wild, right? And, like, everybody's buying things and buying things and buying things to try and fill a hole in their heart. Like, it was really weird. When Jess and I first landed here, you don't have... The, th- the spirit in New York is hustle, right? Like, you don't sleep. Everyone's working. People come there to work, not to live. Especially in Manhattan. Yeah. Out here, it's, it's consumed. We got here, and I started buying stuff, and I had no idea why. <laughs> I was like, like why, why do I feel a sudden urge to just accumulate random crap? <laughs> it's, it's so weird, but it's really what, like, forces you here. There's a spirit in the air, literally, like, I don't know why I don't need any of this stuff. I was so minimalistic in New York. Like, I walked around with partly because we were broke at the time a few years ago, but I walked around in the winter in New York with like holes in my boots and I was like, you know what, we'll work it out, put some tape on it. Here I'm like, I need like six pairs and it rains like twice a year. So, so it's wild how that kind of works, but I thought that was the case and then I looked at actual statistics and there are 2.9 million people just in Orange County that don't know Jesus. 2.9 million people. Your pastor's not going to do it for you. The church is not going to do it for you. But an empowered believer, full of the Holy Spirit, aware of the resurrection of Jesus, can make this happen together as a body of believers. The only way that we'll see God truly move in Orange County, in Southern California, and beyond is that every single person in this room takes personal responsibility for what Jesus has given you. Mm -hmm. So think about the story of the treasure in the field. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field, right? Where you go and find a treasure in that field, and the man goes and sells everything that he has 
in order to purchase the field, right? He buys the whole thing just to make sure because there might be other treasures as well. Yeah. Like you start digging up treasure, you want to make sure you get the whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. We talk a lot about the discipline and the sacrifice of discipleship. We do, and it's necessary. Jesus says, carry your cross and follow him, right? Basically saying, pick up your electric chair and follow me. Time to die, right? But we so little talk about how amazing the kingdom of heaven actually is and what Jesus has invited us into and how unbelievable it is that he's done it. With joy, the guy went and sold everything he had. With joy, he went and got rid of everything. So it's like, oh man, I've got to share the gospel. You have to share that Jesus saved you from hell and death. Like, you have to? You're like, oh, I don't want to force my beliefs on someone. You don't want to force your beliefs on someone. If you believe Jesus came back from the dead, if you really believe that, you really, really believe Jesus came back from the dead, and there's a lot of good evidence that he has. Billions of followers 2,000 years later. Miracles still happening in the lives of people. There's a lot of good evidence that he has. Then, why wouldn't you share the good news of the gospel? See, it's not just that he died on a cross for you. He's alive. And that changes everything. So I want you to think of it this way. So we had an amazing salt Christmas party. And it was like, for me, it was like a dream come true. I, I have Pinterest, and I use it for one reason and one reason only, right? So, like, something like 80% of Pinterest users are female. And it's no surprise. It's, like, basically like a junior high, like, collage digitally, right? All of the things that you love, but you can get as many pictures as you want. So I basically just have, like, a vision board on there. Like, I pray about it, and I'm like, God, like, what do you want? What do you see for salt churches? What do you see for my life? And I have, like, pictures on there for my marriage. I have pictures on there for salt churches, for the house I want to live in someday. And one of the pictures was these, well, I have, like, four pictures on there, these long tables with lights strung over the top. I didn't tell Austin, who set up the whole party, anything about those pictures. And I showed up on that night, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like... This dream, like, came to life in that moment. Like, I just see table after table after table full of people really loving each other and really enjoying each other. But I want to bring something to your attention tonight. And I want you to picture something in your own heart and in your own mind. We made a toast at the end of the night to those that were not yet there. They're empty chairs. It tables all over, not just Orange County, but Southern California. And some of you, going off to college, there are empty chairs. There are empty chairs to fill that need to know, that are starving to know. In front of you is a banquet of love, of power in the kingdom, of everything you could possibly need. What's the number one human need? It's belonging, right? What gives you anxiety when you go to school? What gives you anxiety when you go go to work or start a new job? I remember moving to Southern California, going to a brand new high school with 4,000 people in it. Right. I came from a high school of 800 where I knew everybody in Spokane, Washington. (laughs) My graduating class was 800. Every single lunchtime, I had 
like anxiety, like crazy, because I didn't know where to sit. Your greatest need is to belong. And the people in your life, their greatest need is to belong. And what does the kingdom offer? A brand new life, a brand new identity, a brand new family. Anyone in here come from broken families or families that aren't quite perfect? (laughs) Anyone in here come from dysfunction? Anyone in here dysfunctional themselves? (laughs) What does the kingdom offer? First, it offers you a brand new identity in Christ. A father in heaven that's perfect. That even when life gets difficult, he's pointing you in an eternal direction where you will be transformed day by day into the image of Jesus, his son, the most precious thing to him. And there's empty chairs at the table. And you have access to a banquet. And there are 2.9 million people just in our county. Just in our county that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. We live in the most populous state in the United States of America. It's the seventh largest economy in the world. There are over 40 million people in this state, some on the books, some off the books. (laughs) Every single one of them needs Jesus. And you're the ones that are going to bring the banquet to the people. You're the ones that are going to do this. You're the army that's going to take ground. You're the ones that are going to bring kingdom. You're the ones that are going to pray for people. You're the ones that are going to share the gospel of a living Savior. Mm -hmm. Not one that's just dead on a cross, but one that is truly alive and can live in people's lives and hearts on a daily basis. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. And your mom or your dad or your friend or your coworker or people that are students with you need to occupy that chair at the table. Mm -hmm. They need to occupy that chair at the table because they need to belong as well. Mm -hmm. They may say everything's good. They may say everything's all right. They may put on a front just like you do, just like we all do. We live in a world of surface connection. Mm -hmm. Everything is so surface, we've forgotten how to connect intimately with each other and deeply with each other. People have forgotten how to have conversations. Even small talk is awkward with people under 25. (laughs) Hey, where are you from? Uh, uh, Like, (laughs) too much time on the screen, bro. (laughs) But here's the thing. People desire that more than anything in their lives. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to walk through a process together tonight. I believe that we can saturate not just Orange County, but California, and in the future, all of North America with the gospel and with the kingdom. Planting churches, seeing people saved, making disciples. We can do that. In this room, there's the potential to do that. In this room, God has given us every tool we need to make that happen as a church, as a body of believers. You know why? Because your dreams are big enough, and the ceiling of this church is big enough and high enough. You can plant your own church. I don't care who you are in this room today. You can do it yourself. Oh, Parker, I'm not called to ministry. Are you sure? (laughs) Paul the Apostle said the five-fold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the pastors existed to equip the saints for what? 
You're the saints, by the way. The work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? Putting the sickle in to the harvest. Harvesting people. That sounds creepy and weird. But the reality is that Jesus was saying, look, look up, look up, lift your eyes. The harvest is ripe. People need Jesus. And the only way that we can really reach the world and transform culture and see the kingdom saturate this world is if you take personal responsibility. I don't care about your age. I don't care about your stage in life. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no senior Holy Spirit. There's only one eternal Holy Spirit who's on fire. And you're going to have to pass through the fire to be reborn. You're like, oh, I'm scared, Parker, to share the gospel. Well, I'm sorry, but shyness is not an attribute of the Holy Spirit, nor is it a gift. (laughs) (laughs) However you do it. If you're passionate about something, you're talking about it. I don't care if you're shy or not. If you like something, you're chatting. (laughs) Aren't you? You're telling your friends. You're inviting them to enjoy it with you. And we have something better than veganism and CrossFit. <laughs> so here's what, I'm, here's what I want to say to you tonight. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you some basic tools to make this happen. Okay? You have the capability because God lives inside you to reach people and fill those chairs. And it's not just inviting them to church. It's inviting them into the kingdom. If you invite them into a relationship with Jesus and the kingdom, they'll end up in a body of believers. They'll end up going where he goes because Jesus hangs out with his people. Mm -hmm. I think the invitation model to church is slowly dying because people don't want to go to your thing. There's better things going on. Mm -hmm. They need to have their hearts filled with purpose and life and life more abundantly like Jesus said. So our vision for this church ties in with our vision for you. That you would have life so full and so abundant and so unbelievable. So unbelievable that you would have to share. Did you know the word charisma was made up for Christians? (laughs) The Roman people and the Greek people of the time couldn't figure out how to describe how excited the Christians were about life. So they had to make up a word. The word charisma comes from the Holy Spirit actually filling people and filling them with an exuberance about who Jesus is so much that an entire culture, the whole known world at the time, had to make up a word for them. I want people making up words about us. Like, you're crazy. You're too crazy about this. But you know what? People are so dead inside. They're so hungry that they'll see that and they'll go, I'm terrified by that, but I want to live that way. Yeah. I wish I was half that passionate. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to work every day. They're slogging it out. They're struggling in their marriages. They're struggling in their families. They're struggling in their friendships. And you have a banquet in front of you yeah. and an empty chair beside you. Yeah. Wow. So this is the first thing I want you to do. And you can take no- notes on this, Okay. This is how we're going to plant multitudes of churches. I think God's given me a number for the year, at least 10. At least 10. But I think partnering with the Holy Spirit, we can do a lot more than that together. 
And I'm not going to limit him with that. Yeah. I'm just going to pray for lots. Yeah. The more the merrier. First thing to bring someone to the table. Their first need. Belong. Yeah. Bring someone along with you. It's not complicated. The only way that they're going to see Jesus in you is if they're actually around you. Right. And it's time to start inviting people that you think are too far gone. Right. Yeah. They're usually the closest ones, or people yeah. that you're prejudiced against in one way, shape, or form. Whether they're poor, rich, black, white, or any color in between. If there's prejudice in your heart, work it out with Jesus. Right. The best way to work out prejudice is to actually do the thing that you don't want to do. Yeah. You're not just going to navel gaze and figure it out in your journal. you got to do it in real life. Yeah. You do have to do it in real life. Do it and then journal about it. Yeah. Uh, we have enough Christian books. Here's the thing. Belong is the first step. Have coffee with someone and listen. Have dinner with someone and listen. Go over to someone's house and help them and listen. Help someone move when everyone else bails on them. Do the annoying stuff. Pick people up from LAX. <laughs> That's belonging. My other friends wouldn't do this. Why are you? Why do you always listen so well? Why do you always have such good advice? Oh, let me tell you. The Holy Spirit lives inside me. That sounds weird, but you're really consistent, so let me ask more. You're telling me the God of the universe lives inside you. That's exactly what I'm telling you. And I guarantee you, every single person you tell that to will not believe you, but believe you at the same time. They'll be confused, because they're like, I know that has to be true, but I'm confused by it. So the next step that you walk people through is believe. We got belong, we got believe. What does believe look like? It means turning from an old way of life and pointing your life towards Jesus. That's called repentance. Mm -hmm. Repenting of your old way of life, getting baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If you haven't done any of those things tonight, you can talk to us about it tonight. But belief means turning. Right? A lot of people are like, yeah, I said the prayer, like I raised my hand and believed. But if you encounter Jesus in a real way, your life's going to change radically. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not seeing the change or the fruit, maybe repentance hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the Holy Spirit, you haven't asked for the Holy Spirit to give you the power to live the life Jesus has asked you to live. It's so good. Yes, you will make mistakes. Yes, there will be problems along the way. But if you get hit by a Mack truck on the street, people are going to notice the difference yeah. in your body structure. If you get hit by an almighty God and the fact that he saved you and rose from the dead, your life is going to be significantly different. Yeah. Yeah. Covert Christianity will not save America. Right. Right. Ninja Christianity will not save us. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm just an influence. An influence for what? For Jesus, right? So what did Jesus do? He wasn't covert. <laughs> he mostly picked fights. <laughs> so here's the reality of it. If you're covert right now, maybe you're not pumped enough about it that it's boiling over. So if you need to really believe, and you don't believe, you have an opportunity to repent and turn towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. Belong, 
believe. And the last one is, now you can become. Now that you have the Holy Spirit, you can enter into discipleship. That's what we call it, discipleship. It's like an apprenticeship to Jesus in life. Because if you look at his teaching, for the most part, right, he says the word church once. 98% of the time he's talking about life. He's talking about how to deal with relationships and how to deal with money most of the time. What are the two things in your life that cause you the most trouble? Relationships and money. What are the two things in life that cause you the most wounding and pain? Relationships and money. Most of the time, Jesus is talking about relationships and money. Daily life. So he's going to disciple us in the way of life. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to have power to do that. And since you've turned your life towards him and you can now follow him, you start to become like him. Three words. So you can be a part of this movement. Belong, believe, become. Those are the tools in your tool belt you can give to other people. Keep seeing that empty chair. 2.9 million people, but I bet you got 50 in your life. You got 50 of that 2.9 million. And if you want to talk about God's priorities, let's say Vic walks out the door with my boy David and just disappears. And right after this message, I have no idea where he is. What do you think my number one priority is going to be in that moment? Finding out where he is. I'm not going to be like, thank you so much for coming. It's so good to see you tonight. Grab like a snack on your way out. I'm going to be everyone. Right now, we're looking for my son. Everybody in this room is looking. And if you're not looking for him, you're not my friend. (laughs) Plain and simple. And Father God is in heaven looking at 2.9 million people in Orange County that don't know his son yet. And we're going, God, can I have a new car? I need a raise at work. (laughs) Can I have some ice cream along the way? (laughs) And maybe we're just not close enough to his heart to realize what he cares about. And we're too wrapped up in our own desires. Those things are important. But I find that if someone, let's say, I have unlimited resources. Let's say I have, just put a number on it to make it easy for you. Let's say I have billions of dollars, lots of extra houses, lots of extra cars that I don't use and I don't really need. And let's say one of you finds my son. I bet you would find yourself with a few things in your life that you didn't have before. When you look for lost people, God's going to provide for you along the way. It's almost like Jesus said, if you put the kingdom first, all these things will be added to you. What's the kingdom? It lives in people's hearts, right? And Jesus, almost as a person, in a mysterious way, is the kingdom. So bringing people Jesus. Yes. Is God's number one priority. Right. Right on. Number one priority. Yeah, that's good. Is finding lost people. Yeah. And bringing them home. That's good. Seating them at the table. Starving, wretched, mm-hmm. broken people. Mm-hmm. Like you used to be. Mm-hmm. Sitting them down and saying, you're a king now. You're a queen now. You're a co-inheritor with Christ. You're a son. You're a daughter. You belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what follows from belong? They start to believe. 
that maybe this is true. And then they start to become like Jesus. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah. And that's something we can do. Mm-hmm. As a church. Mm-hmm. As a body of believers. And it's all of our responsibility in this room. Yeah. We will do our very best to give you every single tool that you need to make that happen. But I urge you, don't get distracted by the consumerism, by the church shopping, by the garbage of this age. We're not here to serve you. You're here to serve the world. We will serve you because that's what leadership is in the church. But you were born for a purpose greater than consuming. And I want to encourage you with that tonight. So, what I want you to do really quick, and I'm going to pray for you, is just close your eyes and look at that empty chair or multiple empty chairs at the table and start filling it with people who don't know him yet. And I want you to ask God specifically tonight, what is your heart for those people? What do you believe about them? And a simple way to start with this tomorrow is start to tell them the things God says about them. Tomorrow. And they'll ask, where did you hear that? Okay, you can open your eyes. So this week, this is our last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. You can follow along in the app and all that stuff. But this week, I want you praying for those lost people. And yeah, they are lost, and we're going to say it. I'm not going to say not yet saved because we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Because it's in your hands. And that's a lot of responsibility, I know. But you know what? The Holy Spirit gives you the power to do it. Yeah. And more than enough. More than enough. Remember, 2,000 years ago, an entire culture made up a word about you people. <laughs> so the closer you get to Jesus, the more you'll realize how incredible this gift actually is. Right? So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about discipleship a little bit right after this. We're going to split girls and guys. So girls can go over here. Dudes can come over here with me. And we're going to talk discipleship really quick. If you're not a part of discipleship, you're not technically yet a part of Salt Churches. So if you want to be a part of Salt, you're in discipleship and following Jesus in that kind of relationship. So if... You'd like to be a part of that tonight? We'll help you make that happen. We'll make those connections work for you tonight. Jess is going to be over there with the girls. If you want to get baptized, we can baptize you whenever you want. Uh, I don't care if it's tonight. Bring you back to our apartment and dunk you in the water. We can walk down the peninsula a little bit and throw you in. It doesn't matter. (laughs) There's water right here, and I'll grab you by the hair and just drop you in. (laughs) Whatever it takes. It's not even cold outside. But, um... Here, I'm ser- and I'm dead serious, and I'll get in with you. But the reality is that we want you to have the fullest possible life in the kingdom of heaven. And the way to do that is to follow what Jesus has to say. There, he spends a lot of the time in the Sermon on the Mount. You guys all have heard the Sermon on the Mount? He spends a lot of time in the Sermon on the Mount saying, do what I told you to do. He says it probably ten times. Just do this, do this, do this. Actually do it, <laughs> right? So a way to do that, to start doing that, is discipleship. So we're going to talk about that tonight with guys and girls uh, split up. So we're going to do that for 10 minutes, I think. 
-hmm. And we'll do that right now. So let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for Salt Churches. I thank you for this body of believers. I pray that you bless us. You saturate Orange County with your presence. And by that, I mean you saturate Orange County with your people because they're carriers of your presence. You don't anoint buildings. You don't anoint things anymore. You anoint your people with your presence. So I pray that we would be your presence everywhere we go in life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and empowered to change the world for the name of Jesus. Make sure to tune in and listen to our other podcasts and download our app, Salt Churches, found on iTunes. We hope to see you and hear from you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.